0: We are doing the 10th chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 12. This is a chapter about Lord Shiva and Uma glorifying Markandeya Rishi. Yesterday we saw Markandeya Rishi meeting the potency of the Lord which is called Maya this was the illusory potency we had seen. So, today we are going to see in Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 12, Chapter 10, Shiva and Parvati glorify Markandeya Rishi. Sutta Goswami said, the Supreme Lord Narayana had arranged this opulent display of his bewildering potency. Markandeya Rishi having experienced it took shelter of the lord. Sri Markandeya said O Lord Hari I take shelter of the soles of your lotus feet which bestow fearlessness upon all who surrender to them. Even the great demigods are bewildered by your illusory energy which appears to them in the guise of knowledge. So yesterday when we were discussing about Markandeya Rishi and uh, when he asked the divine Lord. Narayan for them to show him the illusory potency Maya and he got completely bewildered by it. So he is now telling the Lord that I am very thankful to you for showing me this. Now can you please withdraw this and it got withdrawn. Now here in this case it is mentioned how important it is not to get carried away by the knowledge that you have. You see it says Maya appears to them in the guise of knowledge. Now this is a very important statement. Now it so happens that normally human beings they feel they know a lot. So when they meet someone else they try to ask questions in such a way where the other person can get humiliated or is put down or feels that he is nobody he doesn't have any understanding normally the questions put by people is do you know about this you know the way it is put across it shows their arrogance and their ego knowledge is not supposed to raise arrogance, ego and it should not bring a person to the point where he feels that he is far superior than other people. But Maya is in the guise of knowledge. Those who think they have too much of knowledge, Maya is actually playing with them. So next time please don't try to show off in this world saying that I know this and I know that. How does this work? Say first and foremost it is the name, the body, the knowledge. Suppose you have a name which is very powerful, the king, queen or some kind of a designation. Some people have the designation doctor so and so. Have you ever noticed how they talk in this world? with pride, as if they have done something great. In the same way, there are people who have bigger and greater degrees. They also feel no end of themselves. People who know, say Sanskrit, they also feel that they have a lot of knowledge. When I came into spirituality, the first thing that I understood was I don't have any knowledge about Sanskrit, I don't have knowledge about anything. Because every book that I opened, I have never read that book in my life. Even this page which I have opened, this, was for the first, this is for the first time in my life I am opening this page. So do I know anything over there? Actually there is no knowledge over there which I can give you. because. There is nothing inside this body, the body is actually empty. So please remember this, don't ever have this pride that you are a very knowledgeable person. Knowledge is nothing but ego, remember this. The more the knowledge that you have, the more egoistic you are going to become and that is where maya plays. Her part very well. It is always better to be humble and not show the world that you know too much. Understood? And that is the reason why he says the illusory potency appears to them in the guise of knowledge. Suta Goswami said, Lord Rudra traveling in the sky on his bull and accompanied by his consort Rudrani. Rudrani means Parvati. As well as his personal associate, observed Markandeya in trance. Goddess Uma Parvati, seeing the sage, addressed Lord Girisha. Girisha is Shivji. My Lord, just see this learned Brahmana, his body, mind, and senses motionless in a trance. He is as calm as the waters of the ocean, where the wind has ceased and the fish remain still. Therefore, my lord, since you bestow perfection on the performance of austerity, please award this sage, the perfection that is obviously due to him. Here you have to see, Markandeya Rishi is still. His body, mind, everything has literally come to a standstill. Those who have seen the Sri Rangam temple, You will find that it is Ranganath Swami temple over there. And one of his greatest sages is sitting there motionless for centuries. I believe it is more than eight or nine centuries which have gone by. That is the kind of a samadhi a person is supposed to sit in. If there is too much of activity, you know, if you are fluttering the eyes or moving your hands or something, that doesn't show your tranquility at all. You should be able to sit motionless, without movement of mind, body or senses. Then yoga abhyas happens. The study of yoga happens. Oneness with God happens. And that is the reason why when Markandeya Rishi is seen by Uma. Uma is Parvati. She tells her husband, can we please go down to him? and bless this sage. Lord Shiva replied, surely this saintly Brahmana does not desire any benediction, not even liberation itself, for he has attained pure devotional service unto the inexhaustible personality of Godhead. So, Shiva tells his wife, this Rishi doesn't need anything. He is full, absolutely complete. What is What is it that he is full of? He is full of devotion to the Lord. So even if I were to offer him any kind of benediction, that means even the release from this cycle of birth and death, he is not going to accept it. The reason why people who are devotees of the Lord are not interested in liberation, the reason is very simply this, that they want to keep on coming again and again and again and again Whenever the Lord takes birth. So you need to understand these are devotees of the Lord. You know, Devotees of the Lord is like uh, if you belong to a particular party and your party leader has come, you are going to go for that, isn't it? So whenever there is a party convention, you are going to go for that. So it's exactly like that. So when there are devotees of the Lord, they say that whenever the Lord comes, I also want to come. So what is the point of liberation? There is no liberation required. If the Lord wants to give, that is this Supreme Divine Consciousness wants to give liberation, that is the choice of the Divine Lord, that is Krishna himself who can grant us that. But we are not interested. We want to come with Krishna all the time. So it is like that. Because Markandeya's material mind had stopped functioning, the sage failed to notice that Lord Shiva and his wife, the controller of the universe, had personally come to see him. Markandeya, oh sorry, I have missed out one verse. Suta Goswami said, having spoken thus, Lord Shankara, the shelter of pure souls, master of all spiritual sciences and controller of all embodied living beings, approached the sage. So he comes and approaches the sage. Because Markandeya's material mind had stopped functioning, the sage failed to notice that Lord Shiva and his wife, the controller of the universe, had personally come to see him. Markandeya was so absorbed in meditation that he was unaware of either himself or the external world. Uh, This is a very, very exalted state the person should be in. Imagine, even if the Lord is approaching, it is not possible for us to, for that particular person, to see the Lord because he is lost so much in devotion. And this is the reason why we have to be always in meditative oneness with the divine lord understanding the situation very well the powerful lord shiva employed his mystic power to enter within the sky of markandeya's heart just as the wind passed through an opening shri markandeya saw lord shiva suddenly appear within his heart so <laughs> shivji what he does is now how are we, how is he supposed to disturb Mark and Rishi. So he says maybe I will enter in his heart and maybe then Markandeya Rishi will see. Uh, entering the heart of a person who is already a devotee of a divine lord is extremely difficult. Please remember this. It is not easy. If you are having a single pointed devotion to the lord then nothing in this world will appear to you. It is a state ex- experienced by Radha. When Radha was asked. What does she see? She was not seeing a beetle. She says, I see Krishna. She was not seeing the blackberry. She said, I see Krishna. So, in everything she saw Krishna. So, exactly the state. A person who is a devotee of the Lord will only see the Lord and nothing else. Got it? So, that is the reason why Shiva has to enter forcibly through hmm? the Chidakash. Sri Markandeya saw Lord Shiva suddenly appear within the heart. Lord Shiva's golden hair resembled lightning and he had three eyes, ten arms, tall body which shone like the rising sun. He wore a tiger skin and he carried a trident, a bow, arrow and a sword and a shield, along with prayer beads, a damru, that is a drum, a skull and an axe. Astonished, the sage came out of his trance and thought, who is this and where has he come from? So naturally when when the sage is only thinking about Sri Krishna. And suddenly out of nowhere he sees this strange form appearing with three eyes, Dumru and Trident and so on and so forth. Actually he knows that it is Shiva but suddenly when the form appears it is very strange. So he gets out of his trance. So he says who is this and where has he come from? Opening his eyes the sage saw Lord Rudra, the spiritual master of the three worlds together with Uma and Rudra's followers. Markandeya then offered his respectful obeisance by bowing, to his, bowing his head. Markandeya worshiped Lord Shiva along with Uma and Shiva's associates by offering them words of welcome, sitting place, washing water for washing their feet, scented drinking water, fragrant oils, flower garlands and aarti lamps. Ah, this is the natural way of welcoming a guest. Normally, you know, we have, in India we have this saying, Atiti Devo Bhava. That means what? Any person who comes as a guest should be treated like God. Atiti, guest, Devo, God, means wish them and welcome them as if it is God who is entering your house, because you don't know. You see, in, even in the Bible it is written, you know, you don't know when the <laughs> Lord cometh. So. We have to expect the Lord anytime, and if the Atiti comes, Atiti means a guest. You have to welcome the guest in which way? First, you have to welcome them. Give them a sitting place, give them a place to sit. Water for washing their feet because they might have come from far. So, you have to wash their feet. Uh, give them water somewhere so that they can wash their feet. Give them scented drinking water. In today's day, you can give Coca Cola or some such kind of a thing, okay? <laughs> you give them, you know, lemon water or something which is interesting, okay? Scented drinking water. Fragrant oils. I don't know. Uh, maybe some fragrant chameli katel or something like that. Flower garlands, which we hardly have, but you can definitely present if you have. Arthi lamps. Uh, you can do pancharati if you want to. Markandeya said, Oh, mighty Lord, what can I possibly do for you who is fully satisfied by his own ecstasy? Indeed, by your mercy, you satisfy the entire world. So, when Uma Uma and Shivji are coming down, Markandeya Rishi is wondering why they have come because he hasn't called them. But they have come as guests, so he has to welcome them. So he asks, can I be of any help? Can I do something for you? Again and again I offer my obeisances to you. O all auspicious transcendental personality, as a Lord of goodness, you give pleasure in contact with the mode of passion. You appear most fearful. You also associate with the mode of ignorance. Suta Goswami said, Lord Shiva, the foremost demigod and the shelter of the saintly devotees, was satisfied by Markandeya's praise. Please, he smiled and addressed the sage, Lord Shiva said. Please ask me for some benediction since among all givers of benediction, we three Brahma, Vishnu and Mahesh are the best. Seeing us never go in vain. Simply because seeing us, a mortal, a mortal achieves immortality. So if you are to see Brahma, Vishnu or Mahesh by chance also, remember that you can attain immortality. And Markanda Arishi is already immortal. Remember that. The inhabitants and ruling demigods of all planets, along with Lord Brahma, the Supreme Lord Hari and I, glorify, worship and assist those Brahmanas who are saintly, always peaceful, free from material attachments, compassionate of all living beings, purely devoted to us, devoid of hatred and endowed with equal vision. See, when you are praising these three lords, Lord Brahma, Vishnu or Mahesh, and when you are glorifying them, you will become saintly, peaceful, hmm. peaceful, free of material attachments. So, those who are not free from material attachments or those who are not peaceful, you can pray to these three lords. Hmm? Compassionate for all living beings, purely devoted to us, devoid of hatred and enjoy, endowed with equal vision, equanimity of mind. These devotees do not differentiate between Lord Vishnu, Brahma or me. Nor do they differentiate between themselves and other living beings. Therefore, because you are this kind of a saintly devotee, we worship you. Now, please remember he is talking about the devotee of Krishna. He is not talking of anybody else. Okay. So, if you are a devotee of Krishna, all these qualities should be ingrained in you. And if they are not, then you have to th- rethink the whole process, isn't it? So rethink. So if you are peaceful, kind, devoid of hatred, you have equal vision. And if you cannot differentiate between yourself and another human being, that means you consider all human beings as same as you are. You are the portion of the divine, they are also a portion of the divine. When you have this kind of a equanimity, you know, in equipoise of mind, then you have attained it then you are definitely the devotee of the Lord. Mere bodies of water do not constitute holy places, nor are lifeless statues of the demigods actual worshipable deities. Because external vision fails to appreciate the higher essence of the holy rivers and the demigods. These purify only after considerable time. But devotees like you purify immediately just by being seen. Now, this is what I have been telling all of y'all. You see, when you go to a holy place, any holy place on earth, that holy place is not holy at all. Neither is the river holy. You see, in India, we today believe, you know, Ganga river and all those rivers are very, very holy. Here in this particular verse, verse 23, chapter 12, from the Srimad Bhagavatam, in the last canto 12, Chapter 10, verse number 23 tells you that even if you see statues of demigods, you see when you visit temples after temples after temples or churches after churches after churches or any other holy place that you think it is holy, there is no God there. And that is what is mentioned over here. There is actually no God over there. Mere bodies of water do not constitute holy places nor are lifeless statues of demigods actually worshipable deities. That means there are statues and statues and statues of demigods and gods everywhere. They are not worshipable by any chance. They are not even holy. Because external vision fails to appreciate the higher essence of the holy rivers and the demigods. So, when you see with your eyes, some god, some kind of a picture over there or some kind of a you know form there, maybe a stone or a river, you think it is god, no, no, the essence is important. See, you have to understand it is the essence we are talking about and not these pictures or images or anything like that. they These purify only after a considerable time. They only get purified if the devotee of the Lord goes to those places. It is the devotee of the Lord who is holy, not these places. Don't ever go to these places thinking that they are holy. They have got a certain essence transferred from the devotee to them. See here it is written, but devotees like you. Purify immediately just by being seen. So, when you see a devotee of the Lord, okay, then you know that that is purity. That is far greater than any of the rivers or the images of gods all over the world. Okay, So, this is the verse you should always remember in your life. By meditating upon the supreme soul, performing austerities, engaging in Vedic studies and following regulative principles, the brahmanas sustain without within themselves the three Vedas, which are non-different from Lord Vishnu, Lord Brahma and me. Therefore, I offer my obeisance unto the brahmanas. So, Shiva is telling him that the brahmanas who perform austerities, engage in Vedic study, they follow regulative principles. And this Brahmana sustained the three Vedas. I bow down to him. Even the worst sinners and social outcasts are purified just by hearing about or seeing personalities like you. Imagine then how purified they become by directly speaking with you. So those who are devotees of the Lord. Now who are the devotees of the Lord? I told you the devotees of the Lord are those which come along with him. It's a kind of a coterie. Pottery, you understand? They come in a form of a group. The devotees of a Lord have only one thing in mind, constantly. That is, they are only in devotion to the Lord. Nothing else in their world works. Okay? So, they cannot be distracted by anything. They are only focused in that one thing. That is, devotion to God. Now, such kind of people, even if a social outcast or anybody who just looks at them, they become purified too. Suta Goswami said, drinking with his ears Lord Shiva's nectarian words, full of confidential essence religion, Markandeya, Rishi could not be satiated. Markandeya, having been forced by Lord Vishnu's illusory energy to wander about for a long time in the water of dissolution, remember this is the last chapter we are talking about, had become extremely exhausted. But Lord Shiva's words of nectar vanquished his accumulated sufferings. Thus he addressed the Lord Shiva. Sri Markandeya said, It is indeed most difficult for embodied souls to understand the pastimes of the universal controller. For such lords bow down to and offer praise to the very living beings they rule. Uh, If you recollect, I had given you a story where Krishna is not there on his seat. Rukmini is there. And Narada has come to visit Krishna. So Narada asks Rukmi, where is Krishna? So she says, oh he has gone to pray. So (laughs) Narada is surprised. Why does the Supreme Divine Lord want to pray and whom does he pray to? So after some time Krishna comes over there and welcomes Narada. He sees Narada and he welcomes him. And offers him exactly like what I told you, Atiti He offers him all those things. So Narada asked this question to Krishna. Krishna, I just heard that your wife is telling me, you have gone to pray to someone. I mean, you are the Lord Almighty of this world and whom have you gone to pray to? So Krishna says, there is somebody far greater than me and I have to pray to them. So he says, who? They are my devotees. So my devotees are number one to me and I pray to them, I bow down to them, I wash their feet and I do everything to them. Hmm. So, and that is a lesson which you should understand. The devotee of the Lord is far greater than the Lord also. This is what the Lord himself has said. Hmm? And that is what Markandeya Rishi is also saying. <coughs> So, he says, it is very difficult to understand the pastimes of universal controllers, right? Generally, it is to induce embodied soul to accept religious principles that the authorized teacher of religion exhibits ideal behavior while encouraging and praising the proper behavior of others. Now, why does the Lord do this? The Lord is doing this because of this particular reason. You see, what he does is, when he praises the devotees, or when he is talking nicely to the devotees or washing their feet or doing whatever that is necessary or praying to them. He is setting an example to the whole world. And what is this example? The example is to accept religious principle that the authorized teacher of religion, the guru, he exhibits behavior encouraging and praising the proper behavior of others. The guru himself, what he does? He praises other people. And this is what is an example set to these devotees also. That they are supposed to follow the example of the Guru. The example of the devotee of the Lord. That is to become exactly like him. To become like him means to be kind, compassionate, loving, caring. All those kind of things which the devotee of the Lord is. Okay, Having equanimity of mind. All those things. Got it? This apparent humility is simply to show a show of mercy. Such behavior of the Supreme Lord and his personal associates, which the Lord affects by his own bewildering potency, does not spoil his power anymore than a magician's powers are diminished by the exhibition of tricks. So, when the Lord and the devotee show this kind of mutual admiration, it doesn't take remove any potency of the theirs, any power from them. They, on the contrary, get more power. I offer my obeisance to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who has created this entire universe simply by his desire and then entered into it as a super soul. By making the modes of nature act, he seems to be a direct creator of this world. Just as a dreamer seems to be acting within his dream, he is the owner and ultimate controller of the three modes of nature. Yet he remains alone and pure, without any equal. He is the Supreme Spiritual Master of all the original personal form of the absolute truth this is in total what the divine lord is he is the master of everything he is the one by his own desire creating this world he has entered this world as the spirit Jivatma atma that is there within you he is distributed amongst everything that is the trees the birds the animals everything that is there around us he is distributed himself in nature got it And he is the creator, he is the dreamer, he is the one who is creating all these kind of situations in our life also as Maya. Remember in the last chapter we did the Maya? Exactly, he does everything. He is the ultimate controller of all the three natures, the three modes of nature, Sattva, Rajas and Tamas. He is the controller of that also. And he is the spiritual master of all. He is the guru of everybody also. And he is the knower of truth and the absolute truth himself. Oh, all pervading Lord, since I have received the benediction of seeing you, what other benediction can I ask you? Simply by seeing you, a person fulfills all his desires and can achieve anything imaginable. Just by seeing the Lord is all. You see, when we meet someone, we always want, can I I get this, can I get this, can I get this, can I get this? No, when you see the divine Lord, don't ask for anything at all. Just ask for love and devotion, that's it. Beyond that, don't ask for anything. But I do request one benediction for you, who are full of all perfection and able to shower down the fulfillment of all desires. I ask you to have unfailing devotion for the Supreme Personality of Godhead and His dedicated devotees, especially you. Uh, This is a very, very sweet ask of Markandeya Rishi. What does he do? He tells... Shivji, he says to him, just grant me this unfailing devotion to Sri Krishna and to his devotee. Who is the devotee of Krishna? Shivji himself. So he says, offer this thing to me so that I can have devotion to you also. Suta Goswami said, thus worshipped and glorified by the eloquent statement of the sage, Markandeya, Lord Sarva Shiva, encouraged by his consort, replied to him as follows. O great sage, because you are a devotee of Lord Adh- Adhokshaja, all your desires will be fulfilled. Until the very end of the creation cycle, you will enjoy pious fame and freedom from old age and death. O brahmana, may you have perfect knowledge of past, present and future, along with transcendental realization of the supreme. Enriched by renunciation, you have the brilliance of an ideal brahmana, And thus may you achieve the post of spiritual master of the Puranas. So, Markandeya Rishi has been granted a benediction so that he will be a master of the Puranas too. Suta Goswami said, having thus granted Markandeya Rishi benediction, Lord Shiva went on his way, continuing to describe to Goddess Devi the accomplishments of the sage and the direct exhibition of the Lord's illusory potency that he had experienced. So, we have literally coming to this end of this chapter, maybe one or two verses are left. Markandeya Rishi, the best of the descendants of Bhrigu, is glorious because of his achievements of perfection in the mystic yogas. Even today, he travels about the world fully absorbed in unalloyed devotion for the supreme personality of Godhead. Maybe you will find Markandeya Rishi somewhere don't know. You can ask him some stories of the Lord and he will tell you the Puranas. He is the master of the Puranas and he can tell you about Shivji and he can tell you about Sri Krishna also and the beautiful story of how Maya came about. Hmm? I have thus narrated to you the activities of the highly intelligent sage Markandeya, especially how he experienced the amazing power of Supreme Lord's illusory energy. We are insisting, you know, this, this chapter 10 times it is mentioned. How the illusory energy is so deceptive? So, you got to be careful. See, although this event was unique and unprecedented, some unintelligent person, persons compare it to cycle of illusory material existence of Supreme Lord has created for the conditioned soul an endless cycle that has been continuing since time immemorial. Or best of the brigues, the account concerning Markandeya Rishi conveys the transcendental potency of the Supreme Lord. Anyone who properly narrates or hears it will never again undergo material existence, which is based on the desire to perform fruitive activities. So we have come to the end of this chapter. Now this chapter has ended where Markandeya Rishi has got a particular wish, you know, granted that in his in this life till the end of this entire creation. He will continue to be here. And if you are to meet Markandeya Rishi, you will be able to hear the beautiful stories of the Lord. He will be able to tell you how the Lord looks like and so on and so forth. Chapter 11 talks about how the Lord is and what what does he signify and how does he look like as a Mahapurusha. Mahapurusha means somebody who is greater than us. So this particular chapter we will do the next time. And we have literally come to the last three chapters, okay. And we shall be ending this maybe in the coming few weeks, all right. Uh, Next week maybe we will end this, we do not know, all right. So, I will take your leave now. You have a very good day and take care of yourself.